0: Hallelujah, we worship You, Almighty God, tonight, for You are worthy of our praise and glory and honor. And tonight, we dedicate everything that we do with the Word of the living God to You tonight, Lord. To do whatever you want. A heart's desire is to learn of you. So tonight we pray that you will fulfill that desire. And that we may learn of you. You may apply it in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The book of Luke. And we'll be looking at the fourth chapter. The book of Luke. The fourth chapter. Tonight, we are here to be in obedience to the Lord. Last week, last Saturday night, we started to look at the first of the four core messages of what we consider the gospel message. The first being who Jesus is. And we saw that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We also saw Him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Tonight we turn our attention to what Jesus did, and we are going to narrow this down, to what Jesus did in His earthly ministry. What he did from the moment he went to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, at which moment the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. This is what we as believers in Jesus need to understand. We need to understand tonight about what Jesus did and how it affects us, everyone in our lives. Tonight, I want undivided attention from this point on. This is about the Word of the Living God, and we're going to talk about the Word. And everyone who's watching, you need to pay attention. This is an important message as far as you're concerned. In the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. Let's hold there right now. When we see the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he is to do what? To preach the gospel. When we look at the ministry of Jesus, it begins with the gospel. Jesus came to this earth, yes, to do everything else that's in this verse. But Jesus came to this earth for one purpose. And that purpose is to fulfill the plan of God. To fulfill the mission that God gave to him. And what was that mission? To pay for the sin debt for each and every one of us. Before Jesus came to this earth, before He came, each and every one who had lived was doomed to an eternity in the lake of fire. But God sent Jesus to change that situation around. He sent Jesus to go to the cross. He sent Jesus to pay the sin debt for each and every one of us. This becomes the key of the gospel message. The key is to shed blood of Jesus. Because without the shed blood of Jesus, we are still in our sins. Without the shed blood of Jesus, the old man is still alive inside of us. And we are still driven by Him to perform the lust of the flesh and everything that the world wants us to do. Because of the shed blood of Jesus, we can pass from this life into eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord. When we look at the blood of Jesus, it is what makes everything possible. God sent His Son to die on the cross to shed His blood to take care of past sins so we can have a future right now and we can have life throughout all eternity. The blood of Jesus Christ is that important. Are we still here? Now, let's turn our focus to the next thing, which is what? The resurrection of Jesus. Because the resurrection is also vitally important. Because the resurrection, it tells us, first and foremost, that what Jesus did on the cross and with his shed blood, it paid the sin debt completely off. We know this because God raised Jesus. God was sending a message. What my son did was enough. It paid your sin debt off. But not only that, because God raised Jesus from the dead. The old man that died with Jesus on the cross is now replaced by a new man clothed in righteousness. This is possible because God raised Jesus from the dead. Because this happened, the old inside of us is dead, and the new inside of us comes to life. Not possible without the resurrection. And let me add the third one. The third one being what? When God raised Jesus from the dead that means that we are going to be raised as well. The reason we can pass from death unto life is because God raised Jesus from the dead. The reason why we will be in new glorified bodies through all eternity, where Jesus is, at the place He prepared for us, the reason we can be there is because God raised Jesus from the dead. So when we look at the ministry of Jesus, if we're looking for the foundation of this whole ministry of Jesus, it is about the atonement. It's about to shed blood on the cross. It's not just the cross. It's the shedding of the blood of Jesus on the cross. And it's about what Jesus did when He went into the heavenly holy place without blood and atoned our sins. This is about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And because God raised Jesus from the dead, we have life now and through all eternity. What is a real church? A real church is a church that will preach about the death, the burial, the shedding of the blood of Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. That's a real church. If you are looking for a solid church, it's one that believes in the blood of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Are we still here? Now tonight, we are going to look at the rest of this verse. Because what Jesus did in his earthly ministry before he arrived at the cross is described in this verse. But these things that Jesus did then, He is still doing now. We need to raise our expectation about what Jesus can do. We need to raise our sights. Sometimes, as believers, we are so used to things going bad that we lower our sights. That we don't think certain things are possible. Well, the Holy Spirit has a word tonight. And that is, all things are possible to them who believe, who are the called according to His purpose. Who's the called tonight? The believers in Jesus. Say, I am the called. Repeat after me. I am the called. Amen. Amen. We are the called. So we need to raise our sights and expect these things to happen with a full assurance that Christ is going to do each and every one of these things. Let's start with what? Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, when Jesus was anointed for ministry, yes, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And Jesus was able to do everything that's listed here, including going to the cross, including paying to sin debt, including going into the heavenly holy place to pay our atonement for our sins. Everything ties back with Jesus to right here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. But what did he tell his disciples before he ascended back to the Father? That they would be what? Baptized with the Holy Ghost. In other words, they are going to receive this anointing as well. And for us who receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Jesus is anointing us to do what he did. Greater things in thee shall ye do, because I ascend back to the Father. Jesus ascended back to the Father, so these things that we're going to see tonight, they can happen in our church, in our lives, and in the lives of those around us, in our community, in our region, and in the world. Oh, he's still here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What does he mean by poor? I can take this two ways. First, the working class. But also those who are poor in the spiritual realm. If you look outside the doors of this church, you will see people who are poor because they have no hope in their life. They do not know anything about Jesus. Spiritually, they are poor. When Jesus was speaking to these people in Nazareth, in this chapter, he was speaking to a group of people who spiritually was missing something. They were poor. Not necessarily in the wealth department, but in the spiritual department. When he goes to Capernaum, when he goes to Jerusalem, when he goes throughout the entire region, it's the same situation. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he is anointing me to preach the gospel to those who have not heard the gospel message. Those are the poorest of the poor in the spiritual realm. There are so many in our time that have not heard the gospel message. They know nothing about Jesus. They are spiritually poor. In reading through the Psalms, you will hear David write so much about how the Lord will come to the aid and the defense of the poor. Well, when it comes to being spiritually poor, God did come to the aid of those who had never heard the gospel. What did He do? He sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to pay the sin debt that they could never pay. But God also, at the request of Jesus, sent the Holy Spirit. And in this age of grace, the Holy Spirit operates. Why? So they could hear the The gospel, so they can change from being spiritually poor to being spiritually rich. You see, those who have never heard, who have no clue about the gospel message, they need to hear the gospel. They need to be made spiritually rich. Why do we have the anointing on us? For the same reason Jesus had the anointing and the reason why Jesus gave us his anointing. It is to preach to those who have never heard the gospel so they can become spiritually rich instead of being spiritually poor. Are we still here? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, because what? He has sent me to preach the gospel to the poor. What's the next part? To heal the brokenhearted. The word heal. As I mentioned, having low expectations. People who walk in the church and they do not expect to be healed and they leave the same way. Ministers and pulpits who do not preach about healing because they think that it will not happen. And since they're not going to mention it, they will guarantee it won't happen. Well, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, it is time to raise our sights, to preach the gospel so those who've never heard will be saved. And let me say this before I get back to healing. We have a 100% assurance from this point forward that when we preach the gospel, people will be saved. Why? Because Jesus will lead them to the Father through the preaching of the Word. We are releasing in this season Jesus to do what He said He's going to do through the preaching of the Gospel. Healing, it is the same way. People should walk into the church. Jesus, He's raising the bar in His ministry. Healing the brokenhearted. That would mean, yes, spiritual healing, but that also means physical healing. That means emotional healing. There are so many who are emotionally devastated by sin and its effects. They need to be healed emotionally. Mentally, they have been destroyed by the works of the devil, and they need to be restored. You see, healing is vitally important. We want to see spiritual healing, we want to see emotional healing. We want to see mental healing. And yes, we need to see physical healing. Jesus came so the leper could be cleansed. Jesus came for the person who was in the bed could get up and walk. Jesus came for those who physically could not see, that they could see. For those who could not hear, that they could hear. For those who had cancer, they would be healed. For those who had whatever disease and sickness, and infirmity, that they would be healed by the power of God. And Jesus wants us to raise our sights because He gave us of His Spirit. Greater things shall ye do. So we can see people who have emotional problems walk out whole. Those who have spiritual problems, they walk out whole. Those who have mental problems, they walk out whole. And those who have physical problems, they will walk out whole. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus to do this. He did this during His ministry. And He wants us to be able to do the same thing. Why? So more souls can be won to Jesus. How? By a complete trust in Jesus. That when we lay hands on the sick, we know that the Holy Spirit virtue is going to flow through that body from the top of their head to the soles of their feet so they can receive the touch of the Almighty God that they will be healed in the name of Jesus. Preach the Gospel. Heal the brokenhearted. Next, deliverance to the captives. Deliverance. There are so many in this society that's in bondage to various things. Well, Jesus, He came to deliver people from their bondages. Whatever problem they had, He delivered them. We can start with demons. Demons were trembling when Jesus arrived. And He told them to leave and they had no choice but to leave. Now, when we operate in Holy Ghost power, with the power of the Holy Ghost functioning and operating in our lives, when the demons see us, they should see the Holy Spirit inside of us, and that Holy Spirit will make those demons quake, and they will have no choice but to leave. Jesus gave us His power and authority. He gave us of His Spirit to drive these out so people could be free from their bondages. If we look at society today, we can look at those who are addicted to alcohol. We can look at those who are addicted to drugs. We can look at those who are addicted to pornography and to sexual perversion. We can look at those who are held in bondage by these sort of things. And when they come to church, they are looking for answers. They're not looking for a place where they can talk out their problems. They can go somewhere else and do that. They're not coming here for that. They're coming here for one reason. We're a Pentecostal church. When people come to a Pentecostal church, yes, they want to hear the gospel, but they want to be healed and they want to be delivered. And as a church, because Jesus did this in His earthly ministry, He has given us the power to do this as well. That means... Those who come in bound and addicted through the power of the Holy Ghost, those bondages will be broken and they will be delivered. This is a house of deliverance. And those who come will be delivered from whatever they have in their lives. We have seen this in this church before. We will see this in this church going forward Can I get a shot of praise in the house of the Lord? Preach the gospel. Healing. Deliverance. Recovery of sight to the blind. That word, recovery, the Spirit had me think on that one quite a bit. Recovery. As in regaining what was lost. There are so many people who walk into a church and then for whatever reason they walk out. Beat the lure of the world. And let's face it, the world, they make what they do so attractive. If you watch any commercial and any sporting event, When people are getting drunk, it's never in a bar throwing up. It's always on a beach with all the beautiful people enjoying themselves. And they're saying, come join us on the beach with our beverage of choice. Whatever activity that is out there, I never thought I would see gambling commercials openly on television, but there they are. And what are they saying? Go ahead. Spend your money. I never thought I would see billboards promoting marijuana use. Yet they're out there. And there are those, especially younger believers, who have not been properly grounded into the faith, They see these things and they start to chase after them. And that's not even mentioning the sex thing. Because many go out for that reason too. Then you got those who are hurt and devastated by things that happen in the church. And they begin to blindly Leave Blaming the church for everything bad that's happened in their life. And you've got those who are blinded by false religion. By things like Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam. And we can keep going down the list. And they're blinded by these things. And then there's the blindness of self-righteousness. That we can do this all by ourselves. That we really don't need the Lord and His church. They have all been blinded in some way. To the point where their blindness has led them out of the church. Following the blind. And winding up in a ditch. Well the spirit of the Lord tonight. Is one that can lift the blindness. Just like the scales fell off the eyes of solitors. Those who have been in the blindness and followed the blind into the things of the world and the things of the flesh, to the ways of false religion, and the ways of self-righteousness, and the ways of bitterness and disappointment that has caused such a blindness. The Spirit of the Lord, through Jesus, what happened? The publicans and the sinners, they flocked to Jesus. Why? Each and every one of them, they started off in the synagogues. Every one of them, Grew up in Israel. They started in the synagogues. They were good followers of the law. But everything they went through drove them into spiritual blindness. But what did Jesus do? He preached a message that led to the recovery of their sight to see Jesus as Lord. You see, the devil wants to blind everyone spiritually. So they do not see Jesus for who He is. But what did Jesus do? His ministry. He lifted that blindness off of each and every one of them. So they could see Jesus. And then see themselves not as they were, but as Jesus saw them. And they recovered their sight. And they returned and they followed Jesus. And Jesus, just like He then did then, He wants us to do now what? Preach the Gospel. Those who left the church for whatever reason. The devil wants them to think they've gone too far. But if you're listening to this message tonight, regardless of where you are, You want to know why you're listening to this message? Because Jesus, through the Spirit, has a message for you. It's time for Jesus to restore your spiritual sight, to come back to Him and worship Him once more. You see, Jesus is coming for you tonight because you are that Lamb that was lost. You thought you were too far from Jesus. Well, here's the good news. Just like Jesus went and found that Lamb, Jesus tonight is finding you to restore you and your sight so you can be restored to the church. I cannot restore you. But I know of Jesus who can restore you. And tonight, you need to allow Jesus to restore what has been taken from you the spiritual sight, He will restore it. Because that's why the Father sent Him to this earth. And why Jesus went to the cross. So you could have your spiritual sight restored and come back to the house of the Lord. Are we still here? Last part of verse nine eighteen. 18. To set at liberty, them that are bruised. To set at liberty means to give freedom to. There were those who for whatever reason in the days of Jesus, the freedom that they had, they lost think about scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees and following after their ways. They said they would provide them the way to heaven. And what did they do? They provided them bondage. If you look, so often people look to false religious ways as a way to a new life. But really all that is is a path to bondage. Because if you look honestly and realistically at every religious group beyond Christianity, you're going to see a lot of work. You have to do these things. You have to do those things you got to do the 5 or the 10 or the 12 or whatever. You have to do, 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 do. And when people do, they find out one thing real fast. They can't. And they allow themselves to be in a bondage to these things where spiritually they are becoming bruised like crazy Because things like self-righteous works, false religions, things like this, will beat people down to the point where they are in despair. If you think that there is joy in anything beyond Jesus, there is not one bit of joy. Oh sure, they might look like they're having joy. But look at the way they live their lives. Look at the end result of everything. There is a price by selling themselves to ways of false religion, to the ways a bondage. But what does it say? To set at liberty them that are bruised. And Jesus did just that. Those who were bound, they were set at liberty. If you look through the history of the church. You see where the gospel goes. And when it takes root, there's a reason why no one worships the Greek gods anymore. Because the gospel was preached. There is a reason why in various parts of the earth, various false religions, like those that was found in North and South America, Why those were not practiced anymore. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ came. You look at various parts of the world where the gospel took root. Those who were in bondage. Now we're experiencing something else. It's called the liberty and the freedom. Now what the world wants to do? It wants to put those people right back into bondage that Jesus is the one who delivers from bondage. In His ministry, Jesus paid the sin debt. In His ministry, Jesus was raised from the dead to give us life now and into eternity. But He also healed. He delivered. He gave sight. And He did what? Set at liberty. And Jesus, because God raised Him from the dead, and He's at the right hand of the Father, and He sent us the Spirit, is still doing these things through us with the Spirit in operation. The last one, last point of the night, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And this is the message that Jesus preached for three and a half years of earthly ministry. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of recovery. Today is the day of liberty. Today is the day where Jesus anoints us with his spirit. Today is the day to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Today is. tonight as a church is time for us to understand what Jesus did. And then how He commissioned us to do these things as well. Greater things than these will ye do. Because I go to my Father. How do I know Jesus went to His Father? How do I know that He is there still doing these things that we talked about? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me Today, is the day of salvation, of healing, of deliverance. Today is the day of recovery and liberty. Today is the day. And the Spirit is speaking tonight. And the Spirit is saying to those who are poor and those who are broken hearted, and to those who are captive, and to those who are bruised, and to those who are blind. You don't have to be poor any longer. You don't have to be broken hearted any longer. You don't have to be a captive or bruised or blind any longer. Wherever Jesus went, He preached this message. And He saw results. Well, Jesus wants this message preached. And He wants it preached now and into the future. So those who we have described tonight can receive what Jesus did. Jesus did these things. We know because of the atonement, because of the resurrection, because of the Spirit. He has done these things. Tonight is a night to accept these things as a reality. Do you totally trust Jesus to do all these things? Do you totally trust Him to radically change your life? In the name of Jesus tonight, those who are listening and watching, Holy Spirit, move in their lives and change them completely. Let them call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. And for those who need the healing and the recovery, the deliverance and the liberty, we pray tonight with the same faith that they have put in you for salvation they put in you to do these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray for the Spirit to move in these lives and do these things. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Let's stand across the church.